This is Ion Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome back to Ion Foxborough. I'm Chris Mason here with Mark Daniels, and the offseason is already in full swing because, Mark, next week the Patriots can decide to franchise tag a player starting on Tuesday. The franchise window opens. What do you make of this for Elliot Wolf and company? It's going to be a busy offseason, Chris. It's going to be busy for them. It's going to be busy for us. It's going to be busy for Patriots fans. And you're right. It starts when teams can start to franchise tag players, which essentially means you give someone a massive guaranteed cap hit for one year with the hopes that you can work out a contract extension. And if you don't, that entire cap hit takes up a lot of cap space and that player will be uh, an unrestricted free agent a year from now. Um, the last Patriots player to be franchise tagged was Joe Tooney back in, I believe it was 2019. No, 2020. It was the Cam Newton year. Cam Newton year. The Patriots paid Joe Tooney a lot of money. They did not work out a contract extension and then he was gone and he signed with the Chiefs where he's certainly enjoyed success with a handful of Super Bowl championships. But Chris, it, it'll be fascinating for me to see what Elliot Wolf and Gerard Mayo, how they handle it if they use the franchise tag. Right now, we actually don't have what the franchise tag numbers will be. What we have is a set of projected numbers from the likes of Over the Cap and, and other places. But for this podcast, we are going to be talking about the projected franchise tags that were given to us by OverTheCap.com, which is a great resource when you're dealing with player contracts. So, Chris, let's just get into it. One, do you think the Patriots are going to use the franchise tag? And then we'll, we'll dive into the options they have. I don't think it's plan A for them to use it because it is bad value. Where it's interesting, if you look at Bill Belichick's tenure running the Patriots, he used the tag 10 times. But in his last decade, he only used the tag twice. Once was on Joe Tooney and the other was on Steven Goskowski, which is a little more of a trend with him where he liked using the tag on kickers. He did that three times, twice with Vinatieri, once with Goskowski, where that's not going to break the bank because the kicker number is never going to be high because kickers aren't highly paid. So it'll be interesting philosophically to see if Elliot Wolf and company now do want to use the tag. Um, but I don't think it's plan A. I think plan A is signing guys like Mike Onwenu to a long-term extension, right? Because that's how you find the right value. That's how you don't get killed with the cap hit. Because the one thing about the franchise tag is there's no way to fake it. It's on the books for, if it's Mike on one, it'll be a $21.7 million cap hit according to over the cap. And I think that's plan B, where if you can't get something done with him, you need to keep him in the fold. It'll be a tough pill to swallow at that number, but uh, you have no tackles right now. And you have a guy that's in his prime. This is like a break glass in case of emergency thing. But what, what's your read on it? Right. So the franchise tag, it starts next week. So basically February 20th, which is two, next Tuesday, you can start to franchise players. The deadline is March 5th and the tampering window for free agency starts March 11th. So essentially teams will have two weeks to figure out, hey, can we live without this player? Can we come to a contract extension or do we have to act fast? My first inclination, Chris, is no, they're not going to use the franchise tag, but they have the money to do so. I think I believe right now their cap space is projected to be around 66 million, which would make them the third highest or have the third most cap space heading into free agency. As we'll get into later in a different pod, there's ways to expand that. And the Patriots will. The Patriots will have more cap space than 66 million. So 
very easily. Let's just dive into it. The first guy Chris brought up was Michael Owenu. Um, a projected tag for an offensive lineman, doesn't matter if he's a center, tackle, or a guard, they all fall into the same category. Um, whether you like that or not, it's $21.72 million. That's a lot of money for a tackle. I think that's the type of money you can live with if he's an all-pro, pro bowl. I like Mike Uwenu. I think the Patriots should prioritize Mike Uwenu, but dedicating over $21 million to him next year is a lot of money. That's putting a ton of eggs in the Michael Wenu basket. And I think a great thing about Mike is that his it, he has position versatility. I mean, maybe in a perfect world, he's a guard and he's probably an all pro pro bowl caliber guard, but as a tackle, I think he's an above average tackle. If that makes sense. He doesn't have as high as a ceiling at tackle, which is why I wouldn't franchise him. I would work really, really hard to meet his market demand and extend him. but I wouldn't hit it just like, I mean, and, and for obvious reasons, we wouldn't, give Trent Brown $21 million, right? I mean, we've seen Trent Brown at his best, Chris. He is a Pro Bowl-capable left tackle. His ability is rare, but his motivation in play isn't always consistent, right? There's zero chance the Patriots franchise tag Trent Brown. But after that, there are there are a couple other options. And why, do you, why, why don't you dive into the guy you like next? I don't really like any of them next, but there are still possibilities where... Your other two real ones would be Kyle Duggar, who would be $17.2 million, and then Hunter Henry, who you might look at the tight end tag and see it's $12.3 million. But actually, you did a little research on this this morning. That's not the real number for Hunter Henry, so take it away. It's really misleading. So people will look at the franchise tag estimates, and at tight end, it's estimated next year it'll be $12.37 million. And it's fair to say, hey, Hunter Henry, you just basically paid him that a year ago. Why don't you franchise tag him? And then you have your captain and starting tight end back. And I would say, you know what? If that was a fact, I would agree with you. It's not a fact. So in the NFL CBA, and this gets a little complicated, you cannot franchise tag. You cannot give a player a franchise tag number if it means he's going to have a pay cut. So a franchise tag means either giving them the projected salary the NFL deems fit for that position or it's 120% of the player's cap hit the previous season. So Hunter Henry's cap hit was $15.5 million in 2023. That is higher than the $12.3 million projected franchise tag, which means if the Patriots are going to franchise tag Hunter Henry, it's going to cost them $18.6 million. That's a different ballgame, Chris. I like Hunter Henry. He's going to be one of the best tight ends available in free agency. It is a need. The Patriots have no veteran tight end signed to their roster next season. It's a massive need. You can't give Hunter Henry $18 million, Chris. You just, you can't. He might not get $18 million over two years. Like, if you look at the next contract he gets, that that's just crazy money for the production. And you said all the things where, yeah, great in the locker room. Um, you know, he's a leader. He is productive, but he's not that productive. So I, I think that's a non-starter. And then I, I don't like Duggar at 17.2 million either, where I didn't think he was even their best safety last season. I thought Jabril Peppers outplayed him. So I don't know like why you would tag Duggar. I mean, he's another guy that I would try to resign, try to meet at in the marketplace, but I, I don't see that as an urgent, like, yeah, you got to give him $17 million to keep him around. And the Patriots are in this situation where I really don't think guys are going to take hometown discounts. That's not what you get when your team won four games and you, you know, you move on from Bill Belichick. So if the Patriots want to bring back Kyle Duggar, they're going to have to pay him market value and they're probably going to have to outbid for his services. 
you're right. Jabril Peppers was probably the best safety. The issue that I have with their safety group right now, the only safety signed beyond 2024 is Marte Mapu. You're, you're running low on depth. So Jabril Peppers is signed for one more year. If the, the, the Patriots feel strongly about Map, Marte Mapu and they think he can replace Kyle Duggar, maybe your starting safeties are Jabril Peppers and Marte Mapu. I don't feel that way. I think Kyle Duggar is a better player. I think he's probably one of the Patriots' better defensive players. So if that makes sense, if I'm them, I definitely try to work out a contract extension. I'll say this. If I had to pick one favorite for me to be franchise tagged, it actually might be Duggar. Um, I agree with you. He's not worth $17 million. But that is their, I, I would say this. If they're going to cap, if they're going to franchise tag anyone, $17 million is a lot of money. But it's less than the 21 you would do a tackle. It's less than the 21 you would do a linebacker. It's less than the 21 you would place on a receiver. If you can franchise tag Kyle Duggar and work out an extension, that's the best case scenario. But as I said at the top of this, I don't think they're going to franchise tag anyone. I think they should spend $20 million on certain players, i.e. a receiver. I just don't think it should come at the safety. So although I might, for me, my favorite, if say you're like, all right, Mark, who do you think could be tagged. My number one might be Duggar. I think Gerard Mayo and them like him that much. I just, I, I do ultimately agree with you that 17 is way too high for him. I just don't see that as like a positional need right now where long-term it is, but it's not one of their top five needs on the roster right now. So say you like clean it up and have 80 million in cap space going into this to devote almost a quarter to that, I think would be a, a pretty bad miscalculation. Whereas if you devoted a quarter of that to Mike Onwenu, I understand that you really need to help a tackle and you're going to have to. I still wouldn't like to do it. What do you think would be a fair market deal for Onwenu for both of these sides to come to? Is there something that, like, say it's a three-year deal. What do you think that money would be fairly? You're probably going to have to pay him around $15 million a year, you know? You know what I mean? Um, you said three years, so I, I immediately went to three for 45. He's young. You know, he he can he can play tackle. And the thing that's in Mike Onwenu's, like, benefit right now who are the best available tackles in free agency? Because depending on who you ask, Trent Brown and, and Michael Wendell are like the top three. They're in the top three. Other people are pointing out uh, Tyron Smith, who's 33 years old from Dallas, just played left tackle. There's a, the guy from Cincinnati who just played right tackle, I believe, and his name is escaping me. He was on the trade block last year. Essentially what I'm saying is Michael Wendell is one of the best tackles available you're going to have to pay him like one of the best tackles available. It's not the best way to do business in the NFL, but the Patriots are in a very, very, I would say dangerous situation, Chris, because if you don't land a free agent tackle or two, you almost certainly have to land a starting tackle in the draft. And then you start to talk about a tackle at three or trading down, which I am very much against. I think they need to draft a quarterback as anyone who listens to our pod knows this about me. Right. I think they should draft a quarterback. So that's why I think it's imperative they re-sign Mike Uenu. And I would sign another veteran tackle just to give him sort of a placeholder there. I would draft a tackle in the second or third round, but you can't swing and miss, man, in, in this free agent class. It's it's very important they don't do that. It's interesting, too, where I think the one of the only things that'll work against Uenu in the marketplace is where he was drafted, you know, as a sixth rounder, where fair or not, that perception kind of lingers. And I think it affects where guys come to the league, where Duggar, on the other hand, you know, he was out of Nora Ryan wasn't a first round pick, but he was New England's first pick in that draft class, early second round. And I think you immediately expect more from that player. And for whatever reason, you're going to think he has a higher ceiling as opposed to a six round pick. So that might be the only thing that's really working against Mike. But I, I do think that he's going to cash in. 
And I, I think your three-year 45 million is a good number. Probably like there, if you stretch it to four, maybe you make that four at 50. I don't know which you'd rather do if you're the Patriots, given like his physical build and how quickly things can kind of break down there. But I, I think we're definitely in the same boat that they need to bring him back. It's it's so obvious. And moving forward, there's a bunch of tags around the league that could be pretty interesting too. Are there, I don't know, give me a few players that you think could really affect the Patriots' uh, plans in free agency if they're tagged by their own teams? Yeah, when researching this, there were four. So I, I think I thought about this as in, all right, what are the Patriots' needs? What do they need to sign? And who who's, who would it hurt them to see come off the board early? You immediately go to receiver, right, Chris? Yep. Patriots absolutely need to sign a number one receiver. In my eyes, there's four. There's T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, Michael Evan, Evans, sorry, Mike Evans, and Calvin Ridley. So for tag candidates, I immediately go to T. Higgins. It's already been rumored out there. The Cincinnati Bengals won franchise tag T. Higgins, which essentially give them one more year with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. It's a smart plan. If they have the cap space, do it, right? They do so, have the cap space to do right. that. I looked it so up. So if T. Higgins comes off the board, that absolutely impacts the Patriots in a negative way. So, But if T. Higgins comes off the board, my next best guy would be Michael Pittman. He's 26 years old. He caught 90-something – no, he caught 109 balls last year for – 1,152 receiving yards. Michael Pittman's 26 years old, coming out of his rookie deal. He's a he's an ex-receiver. Not as explosive, but his hands are really, really good. He's caught something like near 70% of his passes, or his the targets, which is kind of yeah. insane for an ex-receiver. I love Michael Pittman. If those guys both come off the board, you go to the you go to the veterans. You go to Mike Evans and Calvin Ridley, but then all of a sudden you're talking about two, two guys who both teams probably want to retain. If we're not talking about receivers... I go to safety. Antoine Winfield Jr. is really talented. I would argue he's a better safety than Kyle Duggar, more of a free safety, but he's a pro bowler. He's an all-pro. The Bucs could say, hey, you know what? He's so good. We're going to give him $17 million and I wouldn't blame him. But if the Patriots lose Kyle Duggar, they would need to bring in someone like that. And then my last one is a, is a tight end. It's Dalton Schultz. If Dalton Schultz is franchise tagged, which, again, the tag for him would be around $12 million to keep him in Houston for C.J. Stroud – that's a good move for the Texans. But then all of a sudden, Hunter Henry becomes the number one available tight end free agency, Chris. That would absolutely impact Hunter Henry's market. And it would, hurt, it would hurt the Patriots because if you lose Hunter Henry and Dalton Schultz is not available, where are you going? Is it Gerald Everett? Is it Mike Gusecki? I mean, honestly, the, the names are not great. I mean, Harrison Bryant, number three tight end for Cleveland, who worked with Alex Mappel. I mean, that's who we're going to start to talk about. So those are the four names that really pop up to me. And what about you? What do you what do you say? I mean, obviously, if that happens with Schultz, then the plan is just going to be to trade up in the third round for Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene. And boom, all your tight end problems are solved. No doubt. Um, yeah, starting with the receivers, I agree with your read on that completely. I think that Ridley is going to be fascinating because I think if they don't tag him, there's a real chance that I think he's the receiver the Patriots are after. And it's funny where like you can really talk yourself into things either way with him, where you look at his production last year and it's pretty good. And you're like, oh, well, that was like coming off a year out of football. Did he have some rust early? Did he? And you look at the game log. That's not really how it happened. He was just kind of a hit or miss player. But you're going to need like a legitimate wide receiver. I don't think he's going to command a ton of money, even if the first two on that list are franchise tagged. So I, I think he might end up being your guy in New England. As for Mike Evans, he's been so productive for such a long time. 
I think he'll be motivated to stay in Tampa Bay because he has the entire time. But from a Patriots perspective, too, you're looking at a multi multi year rebuild. So I don't know at his age, like, does he really address the long term need that you have? He could be a great guy to bring in professionalism, role model. He could bring all those intangibles. And I'm not, I'm not saying I wouldn't sign Mike Evans. That'd be crazy. But in terms of like a long term plan, I don't know if he's the best way to get you back competing in 2025, 2026, when you're really hoping to be back there. Because like we said on the spot before, realistically, this is going to be a multiple year rebuild. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, I, my my read on Mike Evans, Chris, if they brought him in, it would be to help a rookie quarterback, right? Like. Say you draft Jaden Daniels or Drake May, you want him to have, you know, a veteran receiver, which is why they need a number one receiver. It's what Mac Jones never had. And frankly, the Patriots haven't had since Gronk and Edelman. So, yeah, you're right. If Mike Evans is here, it's probably two years at like that Pro Bowl level production. Now, he's 31. The yeah. guy's had 10 straight seasons of 1,000, you know, yards. That's insane. And he's coming off one of his best seasons, too. Just led the NFL in receiving touchdowns with 13. So, like, a guy like Mike Evans would be a security blanket for a rookie quarterback. You're right for the short term, which is why the Patriots should dive into the draft and draft a receiver at some point. I mean, we'll get into this draft stuff more here in our Ion Foxborough podcast, but the Patriots have a lot of holes. And as I like to remind people on Twitter, they will fill some of them in free agency. They'll probably make some trades. I mean, from what we've heard, Elliot Wolf likes to make trades and then they're going to draft some guys. We'll see how it all plays out. And it'll be fascinating over the next two weeks to see if they do anything with the franchise tag. Like there are some guys will be franchise tag that make obvious around the NFL, right? Like Chris Jones, a defensive tackle for um, the, the Chiefs. Some of the edge rushers available like Brian Burns and Josh Allen's and Jacksonville. But like, I don't think that'll impact the Patriots at all. Yeah. But when it comes to this offseason, we're in sort of like a quote-unquote slow period for normal NFL times, but it's about to ramp up for Elliot Wolf and, and Gerard Mayo, and it, it'll be fascinating for us, and we're going to dive into it every single week here. Last thought on Mike Evans is just like, why do you think he would want to come to New England at this point, where he would he could be valuable for two years, but he's made over, I think it's $110 million already in his career, so it's not like money is going to be a motivating factor at his age. He's won a championship. He want, probably wants to win some more. You know, he's had the taste of what that's like. And he's been on a lot of really bad Bucks teams. So I don't see a ton of incentive for him to come to New England and take like a two-year deal, even if the Patriots overpay. And that's why ultimately, I, I think Ridley is going to be your guy that you're targeting here. Yeah, my, my only reason why would be money. Honestly, if the Patriots give him, you know, give him an offer he can't refuse. You, you know, I mean, that's that's really it with the Patriots right now. It's like, all right, Mike Evans wants to go to a winner. I would understand. Mike Evans would want to win another ring. We'd get it. Well, give them more money than anyone else for, you know, the next two years. They have a ton of cap space. That would really be the only incentive, you know, for him to make a lot of money or the, for the Patriots to essentially overpay. It doesn't always work, guys. I mean, it didn't work last year with Juju Smith-Schuster. The Patriots overpaid for him. You know, it didn't really work with Nelson Aguilar or John Smith. The Patriots overpaid for them. But, hey, sometimes it does work, right? The Patriots brought in Hunter Henry. The Patriots brought in Matthew Judon. Sometimes you can get those Pro Bowl or captain or veteran leader types that can come and help shape your roster. And the Patriots do need to spend it with, listen, the Patriots and money, cap space, the, the cash floor, the cash ceiling, those terms have been thrown around a lot this offseason. But as Gerard Mayo told WEI, the Patriots have cash to burn and they are going to do that. And hey, man, we'll, we'll see if it starts next week. I just think that any offer to Evans would be easy for him to refuse, no matter how much. If he just like looks at the offensive tape from last year and is like, oh, 
Oh, and now we don't know who's quarterbacking at all. I don't, I don't know about that. I'm going to push in the middle. So I think that's or pushed away. And so I think because of that, like Patriots fans are going to have to be patient through this free agency process too. There's going to be names that come off the board and they're probably going to be out there. Like, why did the team not sign this guy at this number? Yet there's a pretty good chance that they were like, ah, thanks, but no thanks. Like there are some guys that still are going to chase the money. There are some that are probably going to be like, I'm not, not really down for a rebuild right now. And they're not coming to play for a coach that a lot of them know either. It's not like, oh, like this team's rebuilding, but it's with, I'm not saying Pete Carroll would be good at this, but I'm just saying like as a name where it's like, oh, but Pete Carroll's coaching this team and I've seen him win Super Bowls where like Gerard Mayo's totally knew that's going to work against them. So I, I think they're going to have to exercise a lot of patience with this process because it's not going to be, it's not going to be a simple slam dunk. And they, and they have to exercise, they have to look in the trade market too. That's another way to acquire big time talent. It's hard though. I mean, this week there's been rumors about Brandon Ayuk being unhappy in San Francisco. He he's his contract. They exercised his fifth year option. So he has one year left in San Fran. It's a $14 million cap hit. Brandon Ayuk would be a slam dunk, Chris, but to get Brandon Ayuk, you need a first round pick. I mean, that's the going rate for a young number one, all pro receiver who's in his prime, a first round pick. So if the Patriots want to trade, say they're 2025 first round pick and get Brandon Ayuk. Hey man, it's a giant risk. I, I don't hate it. We can dive into it later on more podcasts, but there's other way to get other ways to get talent. And maybe one way is to trade for someone. Maybe it's not. Hey, you know what? Call up the Cleveland Browns. See if they want to get rid of uh, Amari Cooper. That wasn't a bad deal that worked out for them back in the day, but it'll be a very, very interesting off season. Um, Chris, I'm, I'm excited for it, man. I am. Uh, I'm pumped to get going here. Awesome. Yeah. So am I. It's going to be a blast. So thanks for following along guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you further on down the trail. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live.